Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. So, I'm not a, um, I'm, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not. There's some guys in here who know that. I like to fit. I like to go out there though. I like the water. I like. I am outdoorsy. I like the outdoors. I'd love to be on a fishing boat. I don't have to fish, but I like the water. I like the. Um, I am a son. The son of a of a navy man, so I do like the water. But I'm not a fisherman, and um, I, especially when there's live bait involved. Especially when there's live bait involved. A little while ago, some of the guys from the church went out fishing. And we used some live bait. And um, I knew going in that I wasn't going to enjoy that part. But I, was, I felt the pressure to man up and handle it on my own. So after I put my glove on, I reached in a live bait bucket and grabbed one of the shrimp. And I have a problem with animals, just to be honest. And the problem I have, and it might expand beyond animals, but it just shows up mostly when I'm dealing with animals. Maybe it's just because I don't like dealing with things that I don't fully understand, and I don't feel like it really understands me. And then we're even limited more by communication. Like, I can't even tell you that I'm good because you won't understand what I'm saying. So it just multiplies the lack of understanding in this situation. Like, when I put my hand in that bucket to grab that live shrimp, I wasn't afraid that the shrimp was going to hurt me, really. But really, I didn't want the shrimp to be on me. And there was no way that I could communicate that to the shrimp. Because it wasn't understanding what I was trying to do. And I wasn't understanding what it was trying to do. So it just made for one of those moments. So I grabbed the shrimp and I held it in my hand really tight. Real tight. Like I wanted, to, I wanted, it, I wanted it to know who was in control. So I held it too tight. I killed it. <laughs> and I had to put dead bait on my hook, which defeats the purpose. Because dead bait don't swim. <laughs> and some of you wondering, what does I have to do? What does that have to do with the word of God? Sometimes you hold so tightly to your life. God's trying to attract big things to you, but you're holding on so tight. You've taken the purpose out of it. Right? Because you don't understand. Right? Your communication isn't working the way you want it to. 
Things are happening that you don't expect to happen. So your response to that is just to hold on to what you have tightly, to keep control and maintain control. When God wants control, Mm. Let's look at Matthew 14, verse 13. We'll read it from the Amplified Version. If you're looking for the title of the message, today we're going to teach from the message title, Beyond You. Beyond You. Matthew 14, verse 13 from the Amplified says, When Jesus heard it, when Jesus heard it, this is when Jesus heard of the news that his, his cousin, John, was killed. When Jesus heard that news, that, I mean, I mean, Jesus felt a certain type of way because, yeah, it was his family. But then on top of that, John was a co-laborer in ministry. John the Baptist, as we know him as, John the Baptist was the one who paved the way prepare things for Jesus coming. When Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been killed, he withdrew there from there privately in a boat to a solitary place. He wanted to have some time to himself. But when the crowds heard of it, when the crowds heard that Jesus was going to this particular place, the crowds followed Jesus by land. Jesus was going by boat. The crowds followed him by land on foot from the towns. And verse 14 says, when he went ashore, when Jesus went ashore and saw all the people, he had compassion for them and he cured their sick. I love Jesus' priority. So even though I'm looking to get away from folks, I can't help but to meet a need when a need is shown to me. When Jesus went ashore and saw a great throng of people, he had compassion, pity, and deep sympathy for them and cured their sick. And then, if you're familiar with the passage of Scripture, Philip, who's a disciple, comes in and he says something that makes a lot of sense. It's very reasonable. Philip says, was reasonable. In verse 15, it says, this is a remote and barren place, and the day is now over. Send the throngs away into the villages to buy food for themselves. Now, I know we, we have the benefit of being, what, about 2,000 years removed from this actually taking place. And we've heard the message and we've read the story. And sometimes, you know, we try to use that as a, um, a one-up on the disciples. But if we were honest, if I were honest, I probably would have said the same thing Philip said in this moment. I mean, think about it. Okay, Jesus, you've been ministering to these people all day. They've been with you in church service all day. Now the day is over. It's evening time. Send these people back to the town so that they can get something to eat. That's reasonable. That makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? Sounds like a great idea. I'm caring for these people. I'm considering that they've been out here with you all day. It's time to send these folks home. So they can get something to eat. It's just like some of the, the same thought that some of the leaders have 
in here on a Sunday. Like, wrap it up. Not so I can go home, but so these people can go home. It makes sense. It's very reasonable, right? Very reasonable. Philip's response was well within the realm of human reason. This is a remote and barren place, and the day is now over. Send the throngs away into the villages to buy food for themselves. It's a good idea. And the idea makes a lot of sense. There's nothing out here, and it's already getting late. Send the people into town so that they can buy something to eat. You know, there's a proverb. You read your proverb today? What's today? The 25th? 24th. Anybody read the 24th chapter of Proverbs today? Y'all didn't start that practice yet. I read the 24th chapter of Proverbs today. Something that I do pretty regularly read a proverb a day. One of the proverbs says that it says something like this. It says, many are the plans in the mind of a man. You've heard that one before? And there's another one that says, there's a way that seems right to man, right? And that's what this sounds like. It sounds like, like this, at this place, those proverbs are pretty appropriate. Like what Philip responded with sound very right in the eyes of a man. Send the people back to the village so that they can get something to eat. They've been with you all day, Jesus. Right? Sounds right. Sounds like it makes sense in the eyes of man. It sounds reasonable. And that is the very issue that many of us are stuck within reason. Many of us believers, many church people, many followers of Jesus, many saved folk, full of the Holy Spirit. All the, the Ephesians says the, you hold the fullness of the Godhead all in you, flooded with God himself, and you live a very reasonable life, and you make very reasonable decisions, and you manage your money in reasonable ways, and it all makes good sense. You're stuck within reason. Life makes a lot of sense right now. And I'm quick to make the logical choice. And the reason I work where I work is because it makes sense for me to work where I work. And the, the schooling that I chose I chose it because it makes sense to go in this direction. And the relationships I'm in, I'm in them because it makes sense for me to be in these relationships. And the way that I drive to work makes sense. This is the logical way to do it. And the way I drive home makes a lot of sense. And the way I come to church makes a lot of sense. And the way I dress makes a lot of sense. It's all within reason. It's well within the realm of reason. It's the way I govern my life. Make sure it makes sense. The way I govern my money. Make sure it makes a lot of sense. I'm stuck within reason. There's a challenge with that. The challenge is, is that you are full of God. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. If you evaluate 
what your life has produced to this point, and it all fits within reason, then you haven't capitalized on the asset that you have. If every decision that you've made to this point fits within reason, you judge your decisions, decisions based on the level of logic, then you've limited yourself. And I'm here to show you today that you've been stuck within reason. Philip says, this is a barren place and the day is ending. Send the people away into the villages to buy food for themselves. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Sounds reasonable. And then Jesus said the unthinkable. Jesus said the unthinkable. I was looking at this last night and my mind started to wander back on some past memories, and I remember being a 16-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid that just failed ninth grade, just failed ninth grade. I was in the 10th grade making up ninth grade. That was the plan that the school put me on. You've messed up ninth grade, so now you got to do ninth grade and 10th grade. So I'm taking ninth grade and 10th grade all at the same time, Miss Valerie. That's where I was. Confused about life, not knowing what I was supposed to do with myself. I was coming out of some things, you know, because there I was in my mom's driveway, bouncing a basketball, asking myself. I was having one of them conversations that you have with yourself. So I said, self, what you going to do with yourself? And myself said to myself, go into computer graphics. It makes sense. You like art? You're good at art? It's reasonable. That was a hot field at that time. You know, tech was, was, you know, this is 2000. So tech, that was, right? We're just getting ready to enter into a big boom, right? Makes sense. Sound logical, doesn't it? Then Jesus came and said the unthinkable. The unthinkable. I ain't never had that thought before. The unthinkable. So you're going to preach. Huh? Who? Me? Do you know when the last time I read a Bible? If it weren't for Miss Pruitt in Sunday school, I wouldn't have picked up a Bible. It's not within reason. It doesn't make any sense. Jesus says, the unthinkable. But then I realized that there have been many times, there are many times when Jesus shows up stating the unthinkable. Because that's what he does. In response to the disciples and Philip, Jesus comes in and says the unthinkable. He says, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. There's 5,000 men, not including the women and the children. There's 12 of us. One of the disciples responded, even if we worked for a whole year, we wouldn't have enough money to feed these people. Jesus, what you just said is unthinkable. Doesn't fit in within reason. There's no logic to this. 
No one outside of Jesus would have had that thought. No one outside of Jesus would have thought that thought. It was not within reason. It didn't fit into any logic. See, the purpose of this message series is to give you a perspective that will take you beyond the limits of your thinking. The purpose of this message series is to give you a perspective that will take you beyond the limits of your thinking. There are many times when Jesus showed up and said what was unreasonable, didn't fit into logic. Made me think about Noah. Man ain't never seen rain a day in his life. He sees the problem. The problem is these people are wilding out. God, you need to do something about these people. They are wilding out, man. It's getting wild down here. Right? But Noah never would have thought about building a boat. The thought could not have entered into his mind. The thought could not have come up from within himself. There is no way that he would have come to that conclusion. Jesus showed up and said the unthinkable. I say Jesus. You know Jesus was in the Old Testament, don't you? He comes and leads him to the unthinkable. Abraham. Abraham. Abraham's mindset is, I just want good for my family. Abraham's mindset, the same as some of yours. Abraham was looking to his left, looking to his right, looking to his cousin, and said, you know what? I don't want my family to be like them. We got to do something different. Abraham was looking at the little place that he was born, born in, Ur of the Chaldees, and he was like, I don't want this for my family. I desire something different. The solution that he received from the Lord, he couldn't have came up with that on his own. Move away from your family? That's just not what people do. Look at how God kept him outside of his mind. I'm trying to help somebody today. Are you going to help me help somebody? Your amen just might help me help somebody else. Look how, look how the Lord kept Abraham out of his mind. I want you to go to a place there. There. There where? Where is there? Where's the there you want me to go? How far away is the there from here? No response. Just go there. I can't feed, th- feed this to you so you'll understand it. There's no way this is going to fit into your logic. There's no way that you can, because if I, even if I would tell you, you try to squeeze it down into what makes sense to you. Jesus keeps them. The Lord keeps them outside of his mind because what God had planned for Abraham was beyond Abraham. It was beyond Abraham. I don't want you feeling safe in the security of what you've reasoned on your own. There's no way you can do what God called you to do if you're only thinking your thoughts. How can you fulfill the will of God for your life without having the mind of Christ? 
How can you escape the decay of this world if your thinking is limited to the logic of this world? If every choice you make fits into what makes sense based on the culture that you're in, how can you ever, ever elevate beyond the culture that you're in? If you stay within the culture, you're always stuck within the culture. And that's why you live in the neighborhood that you live in with the people who live next door to you, because all y'all been thinking the same. And when you start to elevate your thinking, there's, there's only two things that can happen. Either you're going to move out your neighborhood or your neighborhood going to move to match you. Moses thought he was running from Egypt. He out there on the backside of a mountain, shepherding some sheep. What was that? I got me a wife. We got some children. We're just going to settle down and put Egypt behind us. He took a walk and saw the unthinkable, a bush burning and not being consumed. God begins to speak to him, and he doesn't share with Moses anything that could have been originated in Moses' mind. He shares with him things that only God could have thought of. I want you to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses quickly begins to think of all the things that would disqualify him from such a job. And God says more unthinkable things like, see the rod in your hand? Take that rod, put it down on the ground, and then the unthinkable will happen. Because when we use our logic, we limit. When we use our logic, we limit what can happen. You're looking in your pocketbook, trying to figure out how you're going to solve the financial problem that you got. And you end up in the same place every month. More month than money. Because you keep using your logic, trying to solve the same problems. Philip said, we ain't got enough to feed all these people. It don't make sense. Now one of the senses, S-E-N-S-E or C-E-N-T-S. Got me thinking all outside of my mind. Maybe that's where we need to stay. (laughs) Who else was there? David. David had a perspective of the unthinkable before he ever faced the giant. Before he ever stood and faced the giant, David had already been Meditating on the unthinkable. See, the problem is that you thought you needed to fight to win. You've been like disciples on that boat, beating the waves, fighting against the water, not going anywhere. You thought you needed more money to overcome. You've been thinking your victory will come in just a matter of time. Time, time, time. If I just had more time. I don't have enough time. You thought it would cost you. See, you've you've put brakes on 
the destiny, destiny for your life because you keep thinking that it will cost you. And you've never come to the place where you can pay the cost. You thought it would cost you. However, a right perspective will cause you to do more with what you have than you thought could ever be possible. You thought you didn't have enough for God to use you. Somebody is about to get out of the box today. I see a wall falling down already. You thought you didn't have what it took for God to use you. Thought you didn't have enough for God to use you. You've limited your talent. You've evaluated your talent. You've counted up your talents and you ain't see it equal enough to be used by God. But let me tell you that what you have is just enough for him to use you and get all the glory for it. When he uses you, when you ain't got enough, that means only he can get the glory for it. Glory to God. You thought you needed something more than what you already received. What you need is to be set free from what you think. I heard somebody say, you'll only go as far as your limiting beliefs. You heard that before? Well, how do you get beyond your limiting beliefs? When you find yourself stuck within reason, how do you get unstuck? What God wants to do with your life is beyond you. Tell the person next to you, it's beyond you. It's beyond you. It's beyond you. The real solution to that problem is beyond you. The real answer is beyond you. The life that he's designed for you, Jeremiah 29 and 11, God has plans for you. He says, I know the plans for you. You don't know the plans for you, but I know the plans for you because the plans that I have for you are beyond you. It's beyond you. It's beyond you. The real solution to that problem is beyond you. The real answer for your family is beyond you. If it weren't beyond you, you would have did it already. But the fact that the problem still exists means that it is beyond you. It's beyond you. It wasn't an Abraham's idea to have a baby at 100. It wasn't Abram's idea to take the promised child up to the mountain to be sacrificed. What God was doing was beyond him. Leading the people out of Egypt wasn't Moses' idea. Going before Pharaoh wasn't Moses' idea. There was nothing within reason about it. It was beyond him. Turning the rod into a serpent, using a rod to part a sea, the mightiest army known to man drowning in a sea, it was beyond him. Before David swung the sling to send the rock into the forehead of the giant, David had a perspective. He saw things a certain way. 
problem is that we have too many people who too many times we've stood before our giants to fight before we got the right perspective. You thought money would do it. A perspective is what you need. You thought it would be done by your strength. A perspective is what you need. You thought it would be by your education, but it's a perspective that you need. You thought it would be by your network, but it's your perspective, your perspective, your perspective. God is working on your perspective. That's why he shows up in ways that you didn't think about, because he's working on your perspective. That's why un. Un, unplanned things. That's why even in your best planning, things don't go the way that you planned for them to go because God is working on your perspective. It's your perspective he's working on. Before David stood in front of the giant, he had a perspective. You've looked at what has been not enough, trying to get it to do more than enough without first having the right perspective. Because at first, all Moses saw was a rod. He was familiar with how to use it to shepherd sheep. He didn't know that rod could split a sea. It was beyond him. At first, all Andrew, Andrew was the other disciple that joined Philip, that day that the multitude was fed, it was Andrew who brought the two fish and the five loaves. Before Andrew saw what that could do, he just saw it as not enough. He even made this statement when he brought it to Jesus. He presented it to Jesus as not enough. All we have is two fish and five loaves, and this is not enough to feed all these people. It's perspective, because Jesus took the not enough, and got the job done. I think you need to go back and look at your checkbook. I think you need to go back and look at your credentials. I think you need to go back and evaluate, reevaluate what it is that you have. Because I think God can do way more with way less. I've seen him do way more with way less. I've already seen him do way more than way le- with way less than what you present. You got more than a lot of people who've presented what they have to Jesus, and Jesus took it and got the job done. I've seen him do way more with way less. I met a lady in Africa. I met a lady in Africa. Her name was Mama Rose. That's what everybody affectionately calls her, Mama Rose. Mama Rose is 60-something years old, right? Mama Rose will tell you that she has no formal education, Mama Rose. But Mama Rose has a five-bedroom house with about two-and-a-half bathrooms on two-and-a-half acres of land. Mama Rose has over 60 sheep and some cow and some goat. Mama Rose grows her own food to provide for her family and the community. When Mama Rose bought the property that she lives on, there was no water source in order to um, water her, her farm. God put a river in her backyard. 
I'm going to say that again. When Mama Rose bought the property that she desired to have farmland on it, there was no irrigation. There was no water coming to the land. If you go there today, there's a river in the backyard. I stood there looking at the river. I heard what she was saying, but what she said didn't fit my logic. It didn't make sense to me. I said, look, what is this that I'm looking at? She says, this just came here. She said, the, the people who own the property down from us built a dam to stop all the water. But God sent a rain that overflowed the dam and extended the river to my property. I say, Mama Rose, how you get all the stuff that you got? She says, because I'm a child of the most high God. I ain't got much, but he can take what I have. I say, Mama Rose, I'm going to go back and look at what I got. I think I've been looking at this thing the wrong way. Have you been missing opportunity for God to do the unthinkable with your life? Because you limited yourself based on your logic. The problem is you're stuck within reason. Looking for things to make sense and measure up. And God is there all the while. If you give me them two fish, five loaves, I can do more than what you ever imagined with it. Because I'm the God of the unthinkable. I'm not limited to your reason. I'm not limited. To, I don't live within your math. Good God. Good God. When Peter stood atop the rocking waves... When Peter stood on top of the rocking waves, when Peter stood on top, of the, on top of the rocking waves and walked on the water, he did it with the right perspective. If you hold the right perspective, you can walk on the water. If you hold the right perspective, you can walk on the water. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and tell him you're a water walker. 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 I'm going to say it in the positive. I got it written in the negative in my notes, but I'm going to say it in the positive. Whatever it is that's, that you're facing right now that someone planned to take you under, God says you can walk over it because you are a water walker. You were made to walk on water. Whatever it is that's trying to take you under, God has called you to walk on top of it. All you got to do is maintain the right perspective. You're a water walker. Glory to God. You're a water walker. Matthew 14, 15. From the New Living Translation. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy for the food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. 
God's the God of the unthinkable. Go down to verse 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Who would have thunk it? Who, who, who would have who had that idea? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that I could walk on this problem? Who would have thought that I could, I could be on top of this? Who would have thunk that? Who would have, whose mind other than Jesus would that idea have come to? Who would have thought of that? Only Jesus would have thought to walk on the water. When Peter stepped out on the water, he had Jesus in his perspective. And I, I, I want to say it like this. When Peter stepped out on the water, he and Jesus had the same perspective. Not only did he see Jesus, but him and Jesus, for that moment, saw the same thing. How do you escape? How do I escape? Living within reason. How do I escape being stuck within reason? It's your perspective. <laughs> How are you seeing what you see? God is the God of the unthinkable. God will lead you out in ways that lead you back to him. God will lead you out in ways that lead you back to him. The way I said this last week, God wants to lead you out in a way that you didn't think of. God wants to lead you out in ways that you didn't, it didn't enter into your mind. Why? Because he wants the end result to lead back to him. If you keep proper perspective, you can walk on this water. Because our God is the I am. Our God is not limited to our reason or our logic. God wants to work in you to do a work through you. God wants to work in you to do a work through you. But so many of us are waiting for him just to do the work. There it is right there. I was looking for it. I was looking for it. That was it right there. There's the space. Here it is right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know all the things that you're praying for him to do, all the things that you're wanting for him to do, all the things that you're waiting for him to do. The problem is that he wants to do it through you. He wants to do a work in you to do something through you. He's invested too much in you to do things without you. The thing that you're looking for him to do, he's not going to do it without you. He wants to do it with you. I know you want to stay on the couch while he does the things that you've been asking him to do, but he's not like your husband. You know, your husbands do that. You can send the husband to wash the car while you stay on the couch, but God wants to do the work in you, through you, because he's invested in you. 
The most important thing to him is you. He's not interested in giving you a result that doesn't change you. He's invested in you. How Peter get up on the water? Because there's a work being done in him. And the work that was done in him caused him to step out there on that water. The point was, I'm not going to do this without you. It's about time that you got it. This is our second time around on this water in this storm. Finally, somebody's getting it. This is what I've been trying. This is what I tried to tell you in, in feeding the 5,000. Feeding the 5,000 wasn't about feeding hungry people. It was about showing you that if you keep the right perspective, drawing from Jesus, I can meet any need. That's why I did the miracle with you, not without you. Oh, shoot. There's a work that he wants to do in you. Once he does the work in you, you'll see what comes through you. I'm telling you, I, what I found out is there's some problems that I thought was problems, but when I realized, the, when I got the right perspective, I realized there ain't no problem. It's not a problem. You just had the wrong perspective. If you see yourself as a grasshopper, then it don't matter who lives on the other side of them walls. Got the wrong perspective. You'll always see him as a giant if you get the wrong perspective. But David didn't show up that day with a smaller than perspective. David showed up and said, you've insulted God. And I got a covenant with God. And you don't have a covenant with my God. So this is easy. I'm going to win because I got the right perspective. It's perspective. That's what, is it, that's what it's all about. It's about how you see it. How do you see you? God wants to do it. Before God does anything for you, he do, wants to do a work in you. Before I solve this problem, I need you to see it differently. We got to come to come to terms with some things. Come on, Christians, save folk, you know. Oh, my goodness. This is how we get like yeah, bipolar faith. Like you say you believe certain things, but then you look at the results of the things that you say you believe and the, what you really see don't line up with what you said. But you. Instead of asking why, you just keep on living like, no, this is supposed to work. Like he said that I can have anything that I ask. So when I ask and then I don't see, I don't keep going. Because I know he ain't lying. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Ain't nothing wrong with what he said. I must not be seeing this the right way. I just ain't got the right perspective on this. Because I already know that he's not a man, that he should lie. If he said it, he meant it. It's perspective. We ain't seeing eye to eye. Because I thought the problem was the problem. But he don't never see the problem as a problem. 
He's always more concerned. Where are you at in this problem? That's why I'm going to sleep in this storm, because this storm is not the problem. Jesus got a memo. Lazarus is sick. Come heal him. Jesus did not get in a hurry because Lazarus being sick is not a problem. Time goes by. Jesus gets another memo. Lazarus is dead. Jesus still doesn't get in a hurry because Lazarus being dead is not a problem. Even though Mary and Martha, you see this as a problem, but it's really not a problem because I am the resurrection and the life. So this is not a problem. But when Jesus shows up, he cries. Why is he crying? He's not crying because Lazarus is dead because that's not a problem. He's crying because these people who he's done all this stuff for, these people who've seen all these great things, these people who've seen his power and heard his word, they still don't believe. What else I got to do? The problem ain't a problem. Your perspective is the problem. Jesus says it's as simple as this. Lazarus, come out. You think he raised his voice when he talked to the tomb? I don't even think he did. Lazarus, boy, stop playing. Get out of there. Come on. Let's go. Martha's cooking. I like Martha's cooking. Let's go eat. Take them clothes off him. Get him dressed up. Whoo, glory. What God wants to do in your life is beyond you. Why? Because he wants to do it with you. He wants to do it with you. Look at Ephesians 3.20. Easy reader version. My man Kenny read this for us. It I've servants prayer and communion this morning with God's power working where in us he can do much much more than anything we can ask or think of oh that's good news good night God wants to lead you outside of your mind. God wants to lead you outside of your mind. If all you have today is what you've thought of, if the product of your life is a result of what you've thought, then you're like me. You're holding on too tight. You're holding that bait too tight. Are you stuck within reason? If what you have today is the product of what you planned, 
then I want you to know that he's got a better plan. He's got a better plan. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be reasonable. It's not going to be all logical. It's going to be beyond you. You might not even agree with it. It may go counter cultural thinking. <laughs> because the end result of what he wants to do is beyond what you think of. Pastor Paul would say it like this. Once you even, once you, once you have a plan for what he wants to do in your life, he's going to do something different. Look what the scripture says. It's beyond what you can ask or think. So if you ask it, he's going to do something different. If you think it, you just disqualified it. He's going to do something else. I think doing, um, maybe it's doing this message series, we're going to talk about God being the God of the surprise. He's the God of the surprise. Because what he's doing, you didn't think about it. Man. That means that you got to do it with him. You got to do it with him. The Lord always shows up to speak the unthinkable. The Lord always shows up to speak the unthinkable. He did it for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve wouldn't have thought that the solution to the problem after eating the fruit would be a baby. They wouldn't have thought of that. He did it for Noah. Noah didn't think about a boat. He did it for Abraham. He did it for Joseph. He's the God of the unthinkable. Joseph wouldn't have mapped it out like that. Joseph wouldn't have sent himself to Egypt. He did it for Moses. He did it for David. Israel wouldn't have planned for their Messiah to come through a manger. He jacked Peter's thinking all up. What do you mean my Savior has to be sacrificed? To the point that Peter got rebuked. Because it didn't fit into his logic. How are you going to deliver Israel from the Romans by dying? It doesn't make sense. Because what he wants to do is beyond you. It's beyond your thinking. Glory to God. What God wants to do in your life is beyond you. It's beyond your thinking. And you need to stop limiting yourself. Stop limiting yourself and saying that you ain't got enough. Stop limiting yourself, saying that you ran out of time. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too black. You're not too uneducated. It doesn't matter. God wants to do something in your life that only he can get the credit for. God wants to do something in your life that only he can get the credit for. God wants, God wants you to be able to look over your life and say, I want to thunk it. I want to thunk it. I ain't see this one coming. Blindsided. Surprise, surprise. Never thought about this one. I never thought about preaching. Preaching wasn't part of my plan until he showed up and told me the unthinkable. And even as I walked that journey, never would have picked this route. Didn't think about this one. You know what I did after, after I, I moved back to St. Pete? I knew I was supposed to preach by that time. So I started doing a Bible study at my mom's house because I thought I was going to start my own church. I mean, it makes sense to me. He called me to preach. I'm going to go preach. 
I never would have thought that the way to preaching would be by not preaching. Because that's what happened when I followed his voice to Revealing Truth Ministries. I ain't hold no microphone. You know what I held? A toilet brush and a vacuum. Never would have thought it. Never would have thought the path to the pulpit would have been through the bathroom. Never would have planned it in my life. Didn't think it like that. But God is the God of the unthinkable. He told me, it's been almost 20 years. He told me to go back to St. Pete and do ministry. Never would have thought it. Never would have thought it. Because just like he led Abraham, he wants to lead you every step of the way. He wants to lead you to every step of the way. He wants to do a work in you. To produce what's going to come through you. He is the God of the unthinkable. Stand on your feet. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.